Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, I sit down with social media expert, proverbial hearts, Chelsea Deacon. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. And welcome to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I'm your host, Zach Miko. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. I'm down in Atlanta. I've been here for a little bit. The next two episodes are coming to you from Atlanta. It's fun. I love this city. This is a great place. I've been all over. I have uh, saw an Atlanta United game. I, uh, went, I, I've done a whole bunch. I went to the aquarium. Uh, I went to the world of Coke. I went to, uh, I'm, I'm doing all the touristy things. It's a lot of fun. Um, down here shooting. And while I'm down here, I did a couple cool interviews. So, you guys are in for a great episode today. I sit down with a social media expert, uh, blogger, uh, the head of social for King Size Direct, the creator of Proverbial Hearts, Chelsea Deacon, everybody. Uh, we had a great conversation about social, about all that fun stuff. Um, and you guys are going to love it. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Chelsea Deacon. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting here with social media expert and the head of social media for King Size, Chelsea Deacon. I said your name right. Chelsea Deacon. (laughs) We were just talking off air that I wanted to say Dickens very badly uh, because of a TV show. And I've been scarred with that name since the third grade. Really? Do people get it wrong a lot? Always. And I think the bullies in third grade would run around and be like, Chelsea Dickhead. And I would come home crying. Oh, no. (laughs) That's terrible. Yeah. That's so. Tough last name growing up. But now I like it. All I had was kids would call me Zico, which was like not even an insult, but it would. Or like the Zika virus. Well, now this is before Zika virus. I mean, maybe it was. I'm sure the virus existed, but this was (laughs) this was like pre-Zika being a worry about anything. But anyway, welcome. How you doing? I'm good. We just spent a long day shooting with King Size, everybody. Very long day. We're nice and exhausted and uh <laughs> it was like to a go. good 12 hour day yeah no a little more no right about 12 right yeah, about 12 counting hours counting in the long drive in the rv i know oh my god which uh you know it's fun atlanta traffic everybody we're learning all about it that was my first rv experience really yeah oh they're, they're i've f- never been camping Oh, well, RVs aren't camping. I RVs mean, are RVs. more like glamping, and that's the only kind exactly. I would want to do. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's start from the very beginning. Um, where are you from? How's I, life? I am from a small town in Massachusetts. It's called Okushinet. It is so small that we never had a high school, so I ended up going to a private school like a half hour away. 
Just because uh, there were were there any other like public options anywhere near there you? There were, but I came from such a small town, and the options were so large that my parents were way too afraid to bring me. Well, that's true. Yeah. I can imagine that. My wife did a similar. She her her whole county went to one high school, so it was like six oh, wow. different towns, like a tri town thing. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone went to the same thing. Yep. So how was that growing up in Massachusetts? It was good, a little sheltered, which I think that's why I wanted to move to the city so badly. Yeah. A um, lot more to do. Don't, definitely. So do you have any brothers and sisters? I have one younger sister. She just turned 28. Oh. She actually spent the weekend in New York, so that was really fun. That's cool. Went all around the city, you know, touristy things, but then going to my favorite spots, too. Yeah, that's always nice. Um, so when you were in high school, or actually any school, so obviously you, you work in fashion. Yeah. So how did that even begin to start? Is that something you ever thought of? Or like, I know me, I fell into fashion randomly. And I feel like this is an industry where people either work their entire ass off to get into mm-hmm. or are randomly <laughs> just chosen out of nowhere yeah, to be a no, part of it. I knew from very early on that I wanted to be in fashion. And I think it stemmed from going to schools that I didn't really have a lot of creative classes or options to do that. Yeah. And I just knew very early on like what I liked style-wise, and I would always go shopping with my mom trying to find that exact thing, and I could never find it. Uh-huh. So I ended up learning how to sew, and I would make dresses for my dolls and Get for out. myself. And yeah. Did I you ever, was like when you were thinking of going into fashion was design something you thought of i did or? go to school for design oh get out of town yeah my bachelor's is in fashion design that's awesome yeah and then i guess i sort of got into buying and social media because i couldn't find a design job yeah out of college so that's interesting it is like is it I, I don't know the design aspect of the world like everything i do in the fashion world is post product being produced yeah so it's like it's an entire different beast on the back side of it yeah so i never got into design corporate but i have worked for private label brands where we would develop the product but uh-huh. it's still not the same thing what's the difference between designing and developing i think designing you're just coming up with new concepts and creations and mm-hmm. like developing product it's more so basics and things that you know are gonna sell so it's not like you know your high fashion that you send down the runway gotcha so it's like for example, for like menswear, it would be like, hey, we're making, a, we're all making a button down shirt. Everyone's yeah. seen it, but now we're going to like, just like modifying the prints, and fabrics. And, and it's okay. just, I think it's a little more simple. Oh, interesting. I know nothing about that. Like, yeah. you think I'd know more working in the industry, but I really sadly don't. Mm. Um, so, it, so you said there was nothing really you could do in high school to like further that. Did you no. ever get into like, like the school plays do you ever like do costume design or anything like that no i don't even think we really had that option really in new england you didn't have like a theater program i don't maybe we did but i don't think we had costume or maybe i just was oblivious i did sports in high school what sports did you do i did field hockey and i did diving all right and basketball for one stint but i wasn't very good so what what is field hockey because that's also a very new england <laughs> like, really like, yeah i mean i'm from connecticut so like field hockey and i mean lacrosse too they're very like east coast prep school oh, type of I things had no idea so you just like run around a field with a stick and hit a ball and <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally as easy as that oh i mean are there positions like what'd you play yeah it's like the same positions as in soccer okay i, think I played a forward 
Okay, so it's like... Like, I would be the one going to score the goals. Oh, did you score any? Were you any yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> it was field I hockey. only lasted two years, and then I was just over the whole sport thing. Yeah. I, I never got into sports. I was... Uh, really? Well, it, like, as super young, I did sports. Hmm. Like, I did Little League, and I did, like, you know, Little Soccer. I don't know. Little League Soccer. I don't know what you call anything smaller other than Little League. Yeah. But I did that, and then um, I got into... Uh, high school and I was like oh I'm gonna play football and then I got to the football tryouts and it was every boy that had ever made fun of me and bullied me in my entire life and me yeah that's the worst so I had like that was my first panic attack Oh no! <laughs> full-on full-blown panic attack at like tryouts like flipped out and Luckily, I turned to my mom and I was like, "We gotta get out of here." Oh, my no. mom, my mom, but my mom was very like stern. She was she was happy. She didn't want me to do football, but like I was super into it until I actually got there. So, but she made me choose another, like like to stay post mural activity. Yeah, post mural. What do you call it? Intramural? Extra intramural Ex- extracurricular. Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Extracurricular activity. So anyway, I ended up taking guitar lessons instead oh, of cool. playing football. Oh, so you're gonna have to play for us sometime. One day, if we ever find a guitar. But um, maybe I'll get that as a prop for the next shoot. I like that idea. I like <laughs> that idea. I used to be way better at guitar than I am now. I've actually like gotten real bad it was embarrassing do you still try to play yeah i mean i still do i have all like you know i have guitars at my house and whatnot and but i used to play regularly i wanted to play professionally like i wanted to be a musician that was my first dream was to be a musician oh, wow. then that developed into being an actor and now then i've started modeling and now my dream is like a weird amalgamation of all three yeah <laughs> that's kind of cool though so it's funny where life takes you. I know. It really, you don't expect it. Life is weird. You never expect it to go where it goes. Speaking of which. Um, <laughs> so you're in high school. You're into fashion, but there's no real fashion thing. So then college time comes. I'm assuming you went to college since you already mentioned a bachelor's degree. I did. <laughs> but when I was in high school, I had my mom sign me up for uh, at a vocational high school with like 60 year old women I was this high schooler coming in just to learn sewing okay and it was so funny because it's like you know their hobby their retirement they would yeah, go yeah. have their cookies and their coffee and make their pillows and I was just like I need to make my prom dress oh and I did and it that's kind of how I just developed the love for it and I was like I'm going to fashion school what school did you end up going to Framingham State Okay. It cool. was just far enough away from my family, but still close enough that I could go back. How far hour. was it? It was an hour and a half away. It was right outside of Boston. Okay, yeah, that's great. I, I did the same when I went to college for the first time. I went <laughs> uh, only a half hour away from my parents. House. Yeah, I was like a little nervous to go away, but looking back, I wish I would have gone to FIT or something. But same. There's part of me that wish I like completely left state, completely. Did, and I should have left it. I mean, I paid so much for the school I did go to, yeah. but I'm like, I should have. I was paying crazy money to go to college anyway. Yeah. I might as well have done that. You don't think about that when you're younger, though. No, you never do. It's a whole, it's a racket. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about, I mean, I think there are certain things, for example, if my kid came to me and said, hey, I want to go to school for design, I'd be like, fuck yeah, you're going to college. Go to college for design. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. But then you have little old me being like, I'm not sure what I want to do. Yeah. It's either marine biology or theater. <laughs> and I wish someone had told little old me, going, how about 
you chill for a minute and think about what you want to do before you spend, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but on I feel craziness. like you know, a few years ago, it was just college was the thing to do. You had to. Now it's not really like as important. I feel because no. you can kind of pave your own career. It's 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 really true. I remember when I was um. I just remember like the guidance counselor thing in high school and them basically telling almost telling you to your face like your options are to uh, go to college or join the military or be a fucking loser. There was like no in between. There was no like take a year off and travel the world or like try to do an apprenticeship somewhere. There was like college military or you're a piece of shit. Which one do you want (laughs) to? I know. Did, did you have a similar experience? Kind well, you, you had it different because you you knew what you wanted to do. I did, but like, I just feel like they could have guided me to a better path because I would have gone for marketing or something rather than really? design. Okay. Because I don't know if I generally want to be a designer, but I know that I want to be in branding and marketing yeah. and different things like that. So, interesting. If I knew that you know the path to get to that job was in marketing, I would have done that instead. I know. I feel like we don't do a good job with our youth to like actually tell them what they need to do to get Not the job all. they want. The answer them we're like, mm, go to college, but college costs forty thousand a year. Well, you know, be in debt for the rest of your life. Yeah, and then I feel like everyone that I'm friends with doesn't even work in what they went to school no, for. No, no one. So does. it's just such a waste. Of Nobody money. does. I'm a, I'm I'm for the most. I mean, I still act, but for the most part, I'm a model, mm-hmm. and I went to school for acting. I mean, it kind of translates for me. I think my acting training helped it make yeah. it easy for me to model. I can see that. But I didn't have to do it in order yeah. to be a model. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know a lot of models with acting training, to be honest. Yep. Modeling is interesting because you just kind of get picked to do it. I know, but that's a really cool job. I know, it's sweet. I love it. But it's like you just kind of get picked to do it. You, yeah. I mean, you pursue it, and a lot of people do pursue it, and some people who pursue it make it and it's yeah. great but like for the most part <laughs> you're just kind of randomly chosen by random people to be like so cool you're though. a model now it's so strange to me i don't know i always feel guilty that i have a career and i feel like i didn't no, do anything don't. to just earn feel it lucky and feel proud and i know i have to i'll get better it. at it thank you i'll get better at it so what did you think of framingham while you were there oh, it was good it was oh, fun it was good eh, it was I don't fun know. You know. Do you feel like you should have gone anywhere else? Um, or, or like, do you feel like you even should have gone to college in, in, in yeah, general? Yeah, I just feel like I wish I would have gone away. I think I would have had yeah. a lot more opportunities. But looking back, I probably would have ended up at the same spot anyway. Totally. So I never want to look and, like, regret what I've done. But It's always hard to be, like... Especially it's hard it's hard to be like to look in hindsight of like, oh, I wish I did this, I wish I did that. Especially when you're like generally happy with where you are. Yeah. You're kinda like, but any change along the way could have fucked that all up. And yeah. I could have done stuff entirely different. And I always thought that I would work for some high fashion woman's brand that was just so glamorous and that was just my dream or to work for Vogue or something. And I think that if I did go to FIT I would have had a lot more opportunities with internships and things like that. But 
I'm in the same job that people who did go to FIT or a big school are, so I just can't look back and wish that it did something different because I'm still here. No, totally. Absolutely. Um, So after Framingham, did you get an internship through Framingham for any brands? No, no. And I graduated a semester early because I just so badly wanted to get out and work. Yeah. And I couldn't find a job in design, so I ended up starting at Nordstrom. And I worked my way up, and I started managing a men's department, the rail. And Did you work at – you work in a Nordstrom store, or you worked yeah, at Nordstrom Corporate? Okay, yeah, cool. at the store. And I just decided that I wanted weekends off, vacations, spend more time with That's my family nice. and friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I started applying for jobs around the Boston area, and casual mail called. And oh, okay. that's how I got into – So this was before the merger – for DXL. Because yeah. that's what, so so DXL is Casual Mail in Rochester, yep. and are there any others? Um, I knew it was those two big there's ones. There's like a B&T Big and Tall Outlet. Okay. So we still have some, or they still have some of those. Every now and then I still see a Casual Mail or a Rochester. And yeah, I, I don't like, think I they've closed they were all, all of them yet. No, which I was surprised because I thought they'd all be DXL at this point. Yeah, I'm sure that's the plan. I know. So what was your first job at DXL? I was an assistant buyer. I worked in the tailored clothing department, so suits, sport coats, dress pants, dress shirts. Now, a buyer, I talked to actually my guest last week, funny enough, was also a buyer. So I, I, I never, buyers are one of those positions that I'm like, I vaguely know what it is. And I know that you're essentially... I don't want to call you like a trend hunter, but in a way you kind of are. You're the ones deciding what will actually be put in the stores. Yeah, it's a lot of analysis on what is actually happening in your business at that moment and then going out and shopping and seeing what's new and exciting that you can translate for your customer. How much of it is like like you genuinely being like excited about like this is super cool. I'm excited to bring this to the store and how much of it is like we sell a fucking million of these i don't like yeah. it but we're gonna it's sell probably it. like 10 percent of things that i get really excited about because in the end you just need to you know make your numbers sell some things yeah yeah no i mean that's 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 the that's the name of the game sadly yeah so so you were an assistant buyer at casual mail mm-hmm. um and then how long were you with them in general? Five years. Five years. Okay. Yeah. That's a good little stint so in today's I've world. So I've worked in every department except for shoes. Yeah. And I, yeah, I worked my way up to an associate buyer. So I did allocation. I did, um, yeah. So since you had dreams of like, you know, when I'm sure... I know, like anyone else, I'm positive casual mail wasn't like your dream while you're at Framingham studying no. design. <laughs> no. Did you even want to do menswear? Before we get into big and tall menswear, did you want to do menswear, period? No. So when I was at Nordstrom, I was in women's the entire time. Then I was assistant managing the lingerie department, and I thought that that was the most rewarding yeah. department that there was. And I got asked to be the manager of the rail. And I was like, oh, I don't think I can go into men's. Like, I don't think I have the personality. I don't know the product or the customer. It's just completely out of my comfort zone. And I went home and decided, nope, you you need this promotion. You need to take the opportunity. Just do it and figure it out. Yeah. No, I said totally. Oh, I thought you asked how old I was. I was oh, like, no. oh, I don't know at the time. <laughs> just I was young. I had no idea what I was just doing. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> You're mid-sentence. I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> Welcome to this interview. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
Um, but yeah, no, I've noticed that in, in in fashion in general. I don't know a lot of people who get into fashion wanting to do menswear. No, but then like, I no, got everyone always starts doing menswear eventually. But like, for example, like look at the TV show Project Runway. They're never ever designing a man's thing like no, ever. Why? Because it's not. Well, that's the thing. It's like there, I feel like there's so much more to do in women's clothing. It's Wait, very maybe hard. Maybe we should start a design show for men. Right? I mean, I think it's hard. I think it's more difficult. You can get so inventive with women's clothing, and with men's clothing, yeah. it's like, oh look, a navy blue suit. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, and every now really and then you're exciting like, exciting fabrics. Well, that's the you thing. Know, the buttons like, can be different, and that's the thing. It's like accessories and patterns change, yeah. but other than that, yeah, that's true. It's like the same ten things that guys are wearing, and it's like, I don't know. Why don't yeah. we bring back tunics or like, uh, or bridges or <laughs> I don't know, like, like something. Yeah. But it's always been the same stuff. So, um. People definitely don't think of getting into men's fashion when they go to design school. No. Um, did they make you take courses on it, though? No, actually. Get out. Yeah, no. That Everything so I did, it was for my body. That is so So funny. my mannequin was my body size, so then I could end up wearing everything, which was great. Oh, that's actually but smart on the on the curriculum yeah. project of like, hey, if, even if you flunk out, you got a couple of sweet <laughs> out of it. Oh man, but uh, so beyond not people in general in the design world not wanting to do menswear, uh, like as a young person, people I mean, obviously there's a thousand million menswear designers, mm -hmm. but it's like not the fashion dream to do menswear. No, um, and I think big and tall menswear is even lower than that. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know that big and tall men's existed. Really? When yeah, when I was applying for God, my, my, jobs, my mom uh, used to hate because my dad's my height, um, and my dad's a bigger guy. I'm bigger than my dad girth wise, yeah. but we're the same height. Um, so my dad would just have to go to uh, big and tall stores, and my mother hated it. My mother. Where did he used to shop? Them. Well, the casual mail. It was oh. the only. It was literally the only thing that existed. But you're what? You're six. Six six. six. Oh, okay. See, so I don't think that's that tall. I don't know if it's just because what? I've been like surrounded by. Well, you've been working. In yeah, this for so I'm so just long. immune to it that I just think it's completely normal. I, well, it is in the big and tall world. Mm -hmm. It's completely normal. But yeah. in regular menswear, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I can never ever find correct sizes or in the correct proportions either because even if i get one like if i get a, a shirt if i get one thing to fit like the right sleeve length it's too tight in the chest or if i get the right chest it's like for some reason the neck is crazy small yeah that's really tough it's, it's a tough balance and i think it's it's hard for designers to do because Especially in the big and tall world, guys' bodies are so different. Mm -hmm. They might be wearing the same sizes, but their body shape and body type are so different yeah. that it's like everything hangs so strangely. <laughs> I know. That was the tough part about fitting different things that we would develop just to make sure it would fit. We would bring in three or four different models to see how the same exact shirt would fit on everyone and just make tweaks, but 
it's hard because you can't just fit one body type. Yeah. You have to fit everyone. And the problem is every single guy, at least I know me, I want it. I don't give a shit if it fits the other guy. I want it. Yeah. Everyone wants like, especially in the big and tall world, it's like we all want perfectly tailored clothes, but at off the rack prices. Yeah, no, which I get it. That's just because tailoring problem. is crazy. Yeah, it really is. Like, I mean, I, I just had a suit tailored like in an emergency because I needed I was going to a black tie event and I had a tux, but it was untailored mm-hmm. and like, and so I had to like get it rushed. I'm like, is there any way you can do it in a day? And they're like, yeah, sure. We can for $275. And I was like, Jesus. I hope it's, it was a good suit and worth it. It was a good suit. It was a good. You'll have it forever. No, exactly. It was a very good suit, but it was like, it's just crazy. Like tailoring is too expensive for anyone to actually consider doing that regularly to all of their clothes. so when you shop for clothes are you buying like more quality pieces because you know you're gonna have to spend on tailoring so they'll last forever or are you just i am now okay i think is the best way to put that yeah um now i do that but it's only because i've worked in the industry for Mm -hmm. so long and i've modeled so many different clothing and i'm you know, I, I didn't start even developing my own personal sense of style until I started modeling because really? I didn't know there were other options. No, yeah. I was a a regular blue jeans, T-shirt, and a hoodie guy just because I was like, there was nothing. I wore a lot of flannel. I knew that much. I still wear a lot of flannel. Yeah. It's still very much part of my style. For but sure. I didn't even know it was part of my style back then. It was just being a bigger guy, I could always get hoodies i could always get flannel and i could always get hawaiian shirts hawaiian shirts I love hilariously it. now that's become my style i know you're wearing a hawaiian <laughs> shirt right now well it's i've just become i just uh <laughs> i think i just upped the quality of the of those yeah pieces. it's a nice shirt i still wear those exact i still basically wear flannel and hawaiian and but like now i've added denim jackets yeah that's always good love me some denim um, because denim jackets were always super small <laughs> and now they still are, but now I found ones just big enough to pass. Yeah. They're really coming back. I, I love Everywhere. it. Everywhere. Oh, this is, this is like the Renaissance for men's big and tall because at the same time for so long, there were two companies who you worked for both. <laughs> <laughs> there were only two companies doing big and tall. It was DXL, which was Casual Mail and Rock and Rochester, and there was King Size, mm-hmm. and those were the literally like the only two companies making big and tall. I mean, J.C. had their own thing going on, and some of the stores did, but for the most part, there were those were the two only big and tall stores. And like now, I mean, luckily those both are still doing well and for still sure. going. Uh, they're doing better than ever, and now all these brands are starting to notice that like, oh shit. We've been neglecting the big and tall market this yeah, whole they time. They want a piece of the pie. They should. I don't want to. I always made the argument with people where I'm just like, hey, Women's Plus is a $20 billion industry and it's going to double in the next couple of years mm-hmm. and it's going to keep doubling and it's going to be huge. If the men's industry can literally get to 25% of that, that means right now there's $5 billion sitting on the table that no one's touching. It's I just know. chilling. We'll take it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you worked for DXL for five, you know, years. five years doing yep. your thing. So when why did you decide to, now you're working for their biggest competitor. <laughs> <laughs> did you get, 
did you get any like like a traitor like jumping ship type of oh, attitudes yeah um i mean i i to be honest i wanted to move to new york first yeah. and foremost i wanted to move there since i was little and so. dxl is a boston-based company yeah so Kenton, it was just yeah, you know time in my life and there was a position open and i knew someone that worked for the company and it just kind of happened at a moment that i wasn't even looking yeah so it's funny how life works out but Everything it, sweet always happens yeah, like it, serendipitously. It's always, it's, it's interesting. Like when something feels right, you're like, man, this feels okay. I guess this is exactly what's happening right now. Yep. So I, you know, said yes. I packed my bags and here I am. So what was your first um, position with King Size? An associate product manager. What does that mean? That's a bunch of words. Um, so <laughs> I was buying all of our national brand stuff. Okay. So like Levi's, Wrangler, Lee, um, those were Hanes, Jockey, Dickies, Champion. Yeah. Russell, so those were all, all the ones that my are brands. Featured. Yeah, and it's really exciting because we were just growing that. Yeah. Because we didn't have a lot of those brands in the past, and now we're, I think by the end of the season, are going to have forty national brands or that many. Yeah. I mean like, that makes sense. Now, I mean I've seen. Yeah, I've been seeing them. We just so like, launched MVP Movon's collection, so that's really he's exciting. Great. Yeah, I love Movon. So, getting a lot of traction there. A lot of exciting things happening. That's awesome. So your associate, pro- so you're essentially, th- th- they just consider you one, like you're on the buying team. Yeah. So okay, cool. Yep. So there's two separate teams. Half the team will do our private label product development, and the other half is the branded side, and that's where I fell. Awesome. So while you're moving your way up through the big and tall ranks from one company to another <laughs> and whatnot, uh, you also started developing social media yourself pretty heavily. Yeah. So I've been in men's for so long that I just needed a creative outlet for myself Yeah. to, you know, post projects that I would do, trying to get a job in women's, but it never happened. <laughs> but it just grew just, into this, like... You just like, keep rising up the men's ranks. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> but I needed something. I needed a passion totally, product in, absolutely. in my real life. So I started a blog and it just kind of turned into something greater than I expected. Now your uh, your blog's called Proverbial Hearts. Yep. So what's the story behind the name and how you started that? Um, So proverbial means like of relating to something. So everything in my life is relating to fashion because I'm just so in love with it. Yeah. And heart signifies, you know, love. So my love for fashion. I love that. Yeah. That's good. So is it a, it's a, a, you have a great Instagram account, obviously, mm-hmm. but is it a written blog also? There is. I'm going through a rebranding, so oh, I'm not currently active on it right now, but I'm uh. redesigning my whole <laughs> oh. site, and I'm so excited for it. That's so cool. So how did you get into – you're so good at, like, even just now, like you said, rebranding, and you're talking about social media, and yeah. it's like – I don't know what I'm doing. I on mean, social I don't media. think I and do I, either. I think you, I think you do because you were talking even earlier today. You were like giving Nancy advice on how to like restructure her Instagram, and you were telling her that she had to have like cohesive photo themes throughout and whatnot. Yeah. And I was just like, "What is she saying? How do I? What am I doing it all wrong?" I think I'm just such a planner, and I love everything to look pretty, and you mm-hmm. want everyone to have the same experience when they go to your account. So that way, if they're scrolling through their feed and 
it up pops your picture, they know that it's yours because it has like your brand or your aesthetic yeah. attached to it. So in your, um, at least on your Instagram account, you're doing, it's obviously all women's wear and mm-hmm. it's obviously all you. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously all like stuff you would pick yeah. in general. What's um, some stuff happening uh, just for women's wear that you're super excited about right now? I don't really follow trends for myself. Uh-huh. I just like to wear what I feel good in and I don't care what anybody thinks if they like it or not. Whatever just makes me happy. What are things you're stu- like that's what's like the big things you've been into right now? A lot of leather. Yourself. Burgundy okay. is my new favorite color, so I've been buying that so much lately. I've got to stop. Is that for like seasonal like getting into darker colors Yeah, yeah, you know, matching your lipstick to it. Um, I'm See, guys don't get to do that. I mean, they can, but they just, not many of us do. Yeah, yeah <laughs> to each their own. Exactly. Hey, some people do, and some people pull it off. Yep. I'm very into the whole teddy bear, um, that, like, Sherpa trend right now. Yeah, that's so a big good. thing. And that's really big in men's, too. Oh, it is. It is. There's actually a Sherpa uh, denim jacket I yes. have my eye on. <laughs> Levi's. Yes, it is. I know they do such a good job. They've been killing it lately. Like they're they're new because we just did a big shoot through king size for Levi's, and I I guess are we doing it again this week? I don't even know what's happening. I mean, we're going live on social media right now. Oh, good, even better. Yeah, we're shooting Levi's. Yeah, yeah, too. Perfect. Yeah. No, but um, but beforehand we did a big one in New York Mm -hmm. where we did like. Their Levi's and their new stuff was killer. So good. I was well. That was our first time launching the whole lifestyle for the brand. So we only had denim, and then we introduced yeah. like hoodies, different outerwear pieces, t-shirts, the whole nine yards, accessories, wallets, belts. So what made you decide? Because I know Three King Size, you're one of the main reasons that all of these extra brands, these big national brands, are starting to be brought into mm-hmm. it. What made you? Especially a brand like Levi's and like some of the others you bring in, just be like, you know what? I really think our customer wants this. And We've had Levi's for so long, and they're just such a great brand that our customer reacts to. Yeah. So it made the most sense to try a lifestyle like collection with them. Totally. Is it harder for because KS, uh, KS, oh my God, King Size? I don't know why <laughs> I'm giving it initials. Um, <laughs> Since King Size has a lot of things where, you know, they make their own products, obviously, mm-hmm. and they have their own lines. Is it easier to sell, like, a, na- a more known national brand like Levi's than it is to sell, like, the in-house King Size stuff, do you think? Um, I don't know if it's easier, but I think the brand recognition is there with something that's already proven. Totally. In regular size, too. So I think that when a big and tall person that hasn't been able to shop that brand is now seeing it, it creates a lot of excitement. Yeah. So they're like, ooh, something new. I got to go there. I have to buy it. No, exactly. I think you hit the nail right on the head because people always ask me, they're like, well, what, what does the big and tall guy want? What does the brawn guy want? What does the plus size guy you know, what are they looking to buy? And I'm always like, they want exactly what you're yeah. wearing. <laughs> Literally, it's like we just want to wear exactly what everyone and else is And I think it's wearing. been such a misconception that they didn't want to stand out or they didn't no, exactly. want to be the same, but why not? So everything was just covering. Yeah. And I feel like this is the first time big and tall guys are starting to like get get to explore their sense of, of style and their sense of self. For sure. I think it's so exciting. Yeah. And it makes my job exciting because I get to go out and buy the stuff that I personally resonate with. Yeah. Now, um... So you know who, like, 
obviously after so how long have you been in big and tall fashion at this point like eight years or no, something? a little over six six years yeah because i've only been with king size for a little over a year now has it been that quick yeah i just hit my year living in new york oh get out of town i, know, I blinked and it was here you came in as like a firestorm in that company so <laughs> i just like walked in like right away there's so many i've worked for king size for less three and a half four years mm-hmm. now i've been doing shoots they were you know one of the first companies i ever worked with yeah. as a model. so you know i love them i have a great love for king size but you came in i'm like there are people that have been there for four years that i barely know and you just came right in <laughs> just barreling in and we're like oh chelsea's here i okay, don't know if that's a good thing uh-oh no it's a good thing it definitely i mean you you brought that element of 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 style you brought that element of like trying to make guys look cooler yeah and that's the thing and i think and i think that's so hard because you have to move really slowly and i just um, i want to go there right away but you know especially with a a long established company yeah it's really hard to change is hard change is scary especially when what you're doing has been working for 50 40 60 years it's kind of like hey this has worked for 60 years you're like yeah but try something completely different it's like you know, but taking little risks pay off, and that's work. So yeah, no, a- abs- absolutely. Because um, King Size is what now? It's like seventy-one years old or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. So, have you ever seen the old um, catalogs they put out? Yes, they are. We have some of those in our Instagram now. Do you? Yeah, they're so interesting to look at. They're so fantastic. How come collars were so big? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you I know, mean, they imagine popping the collar, you'd have like a full on turtleneck covering your whole. When did popping the collar become a thing? I mean, uh, it was while we were in high school, I guess. Is that an East Coast thing too? I think so. I think it's a prep thing. A yeah, maybe. Thing. And I and East, I didn't realize until I started traveling how many things that I thought were national trends yeah. were East Coast trends. For and sure. it was very an East Coast thing. And no one on the West Coast oh. did any of that stuff. That's so funny. Especially me. Like, I mean, you and I are from Massachusetts and Connecticut. Mm-hmm. We're from the preppiest area of the country by far. Yeah. And like, it became such like a part of like, like, I don't know, just everything that I do that I don't even <laughs> think about it. And I just think it was like, I, I get to work for the first time with Vineyard Vines the other day. And oh, I was so cool. excited because like growing up, I'm like, this was what all the cool kids yeah, wore. And everyone now, in my high school. Everyone loved Vineyard Vines. And I still love Vineyard Vines. But it was funny because I'm like, the cool kids were the preppiest kids. That's why it was I such know. like a preppy look. Yep. I, I mean, I popped my collar with my school uniform for I'll, sure. I'll be proud to say I never <laughs> popped my collar. I'm that was so happy thing. for you. I became very. <laughs> I wish I never did. I became very anti that. I right. think I'm very anti that now because that's all my past has been. Yeah. And I moved to New York and I was like, I can be anyone that I want. I know. And that's kind of, I don't know. Did I just, kids in your high school do the thing where they would wear different color polos on top of each other yes. and then pop both yes. collars why why i couldn't understand and then the denim jacket on top of yeah. it oh my god so many popped collars they were so bad. i just remember seeing it and be like you must be so warm how are you wearing four layers of clothing and well, i remember i used to get do. made fun of for not like <laughs> wearing layers like that was a thing yep. and so many stuff is simple so many times i would go to school with the big thing 
this one when I was in middle school and like early high school was just a t-shirt but you had to wear a long sleeve t-shirt of a different color under that yeah. t-shirt I was so warm oh. I don't know why <laughs> yeah. I, I love layering now but it's like no you layer different things but like when we were like you know you have a t-shirt and then you put on you know a button up or a flannel and then a jacket over that and now you look real cool and you have all your layers like I always recommend guys you know like especially style wise yeah. like, you need to layer up it looks cool but, but make sure you can take it off <laughs> exactly <laughs> but when we were kids layering up was like yeah wear the same thing yep. as many of them as you can and like no one takes it off because that would just be weird no but like and a jacket you totally can exactly and I just remember like I never understood like everyone always had to wear a white t-shirt under their other t-shirt and I remember even as a young kid just being like why are you wearing two t-shirts and they're like well that's my under t-shirt and I'm like why it's a t-shirt I know just wear the t-shirt I always wondered why men did that. I don't know. And a lot of men wear, like, I understand. Is it because the fabric of the outer one is too thin? I don't know. So when, okay, you're about to get some uh, some fat kid secrets back in Let's get comfortable. So what I used to do, (laughs) being a bigger guy, and I don't know if other guys did that, is because everyone wore the two t-shirt thing, the trick was to make your white t-shirt or your black t-shirt, whatever was going under the thing, to be at least one size smaller than the shirt you were wearing. And it was always too small for you, but it's okay. It was your undershirt. Yeah. And like, it was like a, a janky, like ghetto man girdle. And that was the whole thing. So yeah. you wanted to smooth things out. So you would just buy a t-shirt. Like I would wear, you know, when I was in middle school, I was wearing like an extra large t-shirt, but I'd like cram on a medium. Is that even comfortable? No, it's horribly uncomfortable. But I don't imagine corsets are the most comfortable thing in no. the world either. No, no, no. I, I don't think. Know. I mean, I've never worn Spanx, but like, I don't. Hey, they make them for men. I know. And I've been tempted. I've been I mean, like, I think you should just try it. Uh, I'm, just so you could talk about it. Yeah, I think I want to give it a shot just so like guys know. Yeah. I'm like not a- into it, but but I'm. I think the thing is with stuff like that, I'm like. My personal messaging is usually the opposite. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't f- fuck it. You're awesome, and yeah, which is I love which that. is what I truly believe. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm curious. I would be too. Like, I don't know. It's really. <laughs> I mean, just smooths everything out, you know, under your tongue. Yeah, I just want like a better, a, like a sharper line, like yeah. a, a little. I want just a nicer silhouette, yeah, you like know, I, create that illusion. Yeah, I feel like. There's nothing wrong with that. No, go for I've it. I've become way more vain, I think, <laughs> also. <laughs> but now I'm vain in a way where I, like, understand it a little better, where yeah. I used to be vain in a way that was, like, horribly self-deprecating. Why? Because it's, being a fat kid sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can't, I well, can't relate thing. to with my with, up, but... with my wife, it's the same way. Yeah. It's like, I've tr- we've had conversations where I, we try to talk about it, and it's like... I'm like, listen, because, you know, she's so empathetic and so amazing. Mm-hmm. But it, like certain things we'll talk about. I'm like, you don't get it because yeah. you were never a fat kid. It is such a different view of your whole life growing up being like the fat kid when you were younger. If you mm-hmm. never had a fat stage, if you were always, like my wife was always thin mm-hmm. her whole life. So it's like even though she's like empathetic to it. Like I could see in her mind I'm like it's not clicking You have no idea what I'm talking about But that's so great that you've kind of built a whole community around this That you have a lot of people that can relate to you We're trying man I mean it's It's true But yeah that was the big fat kid secret Was the too small t-shirt under that Or 
uh, with wife beaters also was oh. a big thing. But also, where did the name wife beater come from? I don't know. We were I was having this conversation with someone a couple of days ago, actually. And it's kind of like, it's like, oh, it's I a white tank top. What kind of white tank top? Oh, you know, like, the I kind that a wife beater wears yeah, like while I he beat beats wife his wife. <laughs> exactly. I don't understand. I've never... I mean, it has to come... I definitely come, need to Google that. It has to come from, like... I mean, because we've all seen those 1950s movies of, like, the angry dad coming home from work and smacking the wife. And he's always... The first thing he does is, like, take off his suit and tie, and he's just standing there in that white tank top. Ugh. And it's it's awful. Nightmares. And I used to refuse that. <laughs> so I, I was not into them. And that was part of the reason, because I was just like, I don't want to yeah. call it. Even as, even as like, a 14-year-old. But if you call it, like, a white tank top, I feel like that's a little odd, too. So what happened was they used to, in my, like, middle school, I remember, there were a lot of kids that, like, I, don't, I remember thinking, like, this is pretty progressive for a middle school. But I remember, like, even these 13-year-old boys were, like, I don't like the term wife beater. <laughs> so they like so in my middle school everyone started calling it white beater. That's what I always thought it was. Yeah. Until I grew up and realized. They would it call wasn't. it a white beater or just a beater. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm just wearing a beater and it's like Ew. And it was kinda like I mean, I applaud you your censorship, but I feel like <laughs> we all know what you're talking about. But it's like is there a better name than like white under tank top? Do people still wear those? Some people do. They they're do? Le- they're less popular. They're yeah. definitely less popular. When I was in middle school and high school, everyone wore them. Yeah, I feel like no one really layers like that anymore. No, it's a very old school. It's a very like old like 1950s New York working class type of yeah. look. Yeah. It's like, but it kind of fe- yeah, it fell out of favor. Yeah. Also, I think because like I personally don't wear any undershirt of any sort mm-hmm. uh, like even when I was younger and it all stemmed from just I would get really really hot like this was after this is post too small t-shirt phase so this is like <laughs> so I went out <laughs> rewind I did wear undershirts and I'd wear the too small t-shirt and do like the girdle the man girdle thing girdle. but I stopped probably in like the 10th grade I stopped doing that you stopped waist training I stopped waist training nice. I don't know. well it wasn't working <laughs> <laughs> my waist wasn't getting any smaller <laughs> so i was like all right i'm good uh and i just remember it got to the point where i would just get so warm all the time i hated and like this to this day i hate being hot more than anything i do too i hate it it was a brutal day in atlanta it today. was really hot well i mean it's not if i came here in because it was like 86 so if i came here in like july and it was 86 yeah. that'd be fine that'd be great but it's October, man. I We're know. done. <laughs> I was so excited to whip out my I know. coats and layering pieces. And I got so many. I sent them all home on Labor Day because I live in New York and I'm not used to having these small closets. So I do a whole swap out. Oh and my I got God. rid of all my summer clothes. So I was like, what am I packing? <laughs> and now it's so hot. So hot. I know. I luckily did a big thing. All the shirts that I was going to put away for the summer. I'm like, oh, I'm going to Atlanta. I guess I. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. Get somewhere in that. That's why you're you're gonna see all Hawaiian all week. Oh, I can't wait. Just because <laughs> this is this is what it this is how I get through it. Nice. Oh man. So um you've been so recently yes your job has changed. It has. You went from being an associate project manager. Yeah. Is that what it product, P- product 
I was like, project doesn't sound like. Yep. You're an associate product product manager, um, and your new job is social media manager. Yay! Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> That's really fun. Yeah. So how how important is I've noticed two years ago brands had social media, mm-hmm. but it was like this off little thing. It was kind of like a uh. Sherry the intern she does the social media or something like that and now it's like brands are starting to come around and being like no this is the way we reach customers now huge and I think for us our customer tends to be a little more mature so Mm -hmm. it's introducing these new brands we're trying to you know engage with a younger audience and I think social media is the way to do it so I'm kind of growing this from the ground up yeah no, definitely. And I was just going to actually, you, you basically answered the question I was going <laughs> to ask beforehand because in general, big and tall customers yeah. um, do tend to be older. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more because I knew for me, it wasn't because I shouldn't have, I should have always been shopping at big and tall stores, but I tried to avoid them as best I could. And I'd yeah. like stretch on wear things that were too small for me and that didn't fit. Basically, because there was like this mental block as a young person. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I can't. That's where my dad shops. I can't do that. (laughs) That makes sense. But I think it's so different now. It is totally different now. Do you think social media is kind of like the way to lower that mean customer age? Um, Definitely. And I think it's just to create an image that he can wear whatever he wants and be just like everybody else. I know. And it's so funny because it's like. So it's almost like it's like like what you said, like being just like everybody else. It's almost like the base point. Everyone wants to be an individual and they want to be super stylish yeah. and want to find their own style. But it's kind of like a lot of bigger guys, like me included, we never got to that base point where we were part of everybody else yeah. first to then grow ourselves afterwards. For it was sure. like it's like we started off as outsiders, and then now it's like we're trying to transition from being outsiders to being part of the group to then move on to be individuals yeah. <laughs> and like and it, i think i'm excited to show you guys that you can dress and look good and be you in your own body yeah and you have so many options so it's just like how you put it together and you can i mean as you said there's what 40 brands yeah. that king size just took on yep you have a lot a lot of exciting things coming it's awesome. And I think the best way to share it is on social media because it just generates the excitement. It's really great for brand awareness. Totally. Like, I love the catalog. The catalog's fun. Mm-hmm. King Size is the only company I work with that still, like, sends yeah, out, like, Yeah, it's like, like a, your own personal magazine. Because it's, like, everyone else sends it. We'll send out catalogs that are more just advertisements. Yeah. Like, King Size sends out a full-on catalog with an order form like we were like when we were kids and you did that and people was, still do that do they still it's i was incredible. gonna ask you they still send in those yeah sometimes they listen in on the calls to like just hear what they're ordering and if there are any problems so we can tweak our business and our best practices and you'd be surprised and it's a lot of wives calling in ordering for their husbands the one piece of clothing you guys have that every single shoot me and chris collins are just like <laughs> no one's buying overall? this no, no no overalls i totally get it. i love an overall it's you guys sell 
a men's nightshirt that goes oh, all the way yes. down to your ankles. Yes. And every time Chris and I have to model it and every single time I'm like, who's buying this? Sometimes. It's like a full Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> down to the floor nightshirt. Well, sometimes if I know it's one of you guys wearing it, I'll purposely pick the most obnoxious one and put you <laughs> in it just because I think it's fun. I just don't. <laughs> and I just remember like I was asking, I was like, who wears this? Who's still buying this? I mean, this? have you try sleeping in a nightgown. It's really comfortable. No, I I think I'm so. I'll, I'll get you a sample. Don't worry. I'm real curious <laughs> about it because I remember I was complaining about it, and um, David, the the VP of King Size, yeah. like I was complaining. I'm like, who wears this? And he like just came right up to me. He's like, he's like that. He goes, this one shirt you're wearing pays my salary every right? single year. It and I was just so like, much. people love it. But think of how comfortable that is. It's like the finally you just feel so free. God, I need to I need to try that. Yeah, you do. All right, because I've worn them, but only yeah. long enough to take like yeah. <laughs> take twenty frames, and then I'm like, all right, let me take get this off. thing off. <laughs> I try sleeping. I never slept in a nightgown, believe it or not. Yeah. How would your <laughs> wife feel about that? <laughs> She'd be fine with it. She'd be super into it. I, I mean, not in a. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be sexy at yeah, all. Yeah, no, not at all. But I think she'd as long like, as I'm doing? comfy, she'd yeah. be happy with that. I actually, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like that actually sounds pretty good. I'll get I you the Mickey Mouse one. Deal, because I get really warm when I sleep. Like when we when we sleep, it's literally her wearing a bathrobe, like a plush Victoria's Secret like fuzzy bathrobe. Yeah, because you put the AC on blast. And yeah. And she's wearing that, and she has a full, like, duvet comforter <laughs> over her. And I am sleeping with just the top sheet. Because you're a it. furnace. And I, like, push, like, and there's, like, because she has her own comforter. And then we have a, 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 like, a blanket for the bed. Yeah. And then I'm too hot for even the blanket. Oh, so I have to, like, push it off. So there's always, like, a wall, a blanket wall between us. That I have to keep there in case I do get cold, yeah. but I never do. And so. you, have, you have dogs, right? Do they sleep with you? Yes, we do. Yeah. He, Brenner so always like, sleeps on the bed. It's a lot of heat. I know. So that's why the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I feel like this long night shirt yeah, it's really gonna work would out. just take the place of all of that. And I could just like <laughs> sleep on top of everything and not even <laughs> worry about it. You'll have to report back. Oh, my God. That would be so cool. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of struggle of like trying to find out who the the big and tall customer is because we come from so many different walks of life and so and so across and i think that's like a big thing a lot of brands have had a very hard time with nailing down um I don't, even, I don't even know what question I'm asking. I'm, it's like I want to ask. I'm like, who is the big and tall customer? But it's like one thing I know that you guys do is you talk to your actual customers to see what they who they are and what they think and what yeah. they like. And you're always constantly getting feedback. What are some themes that you notice that between uh, with the big and tall customer that kind of goes throughout? Um, he's definitely older from the Midwest. He likes to be comfortable. He, I don't know, he just wants something that fits and feels good, and he would rather have that over something trendy and fashion-forward. And that's like the so current like, older customer yeah, basis Yeah, so fit right is now. the most important, and I get it. Which I is th- good because even for young people, for young guys, I, I think it always 
that's where like the younger generation of big and tall mm-hmm. guys and the older generation of big and tall guys do intersect is yeah, fit for every sure. single one of us are just like like we don't care what it is we just need it to fit yeah so um but you think with young younger guys are now coming throughout i mean because it's really the first time younger guys are spending money on clothes that are bigger like bigger guys are spending money on yeah clothes. i think they're hiding almost and they're just like, we're here. We were. But we don't know them. We want to meet you. I used to say that's one of the reasons um, that uh, I know a lot of bigger guys are super into sneakers. Yeah. Sneakers are a huge thing. And it's because for a long time, that was all we could do to, that was the only little bit of style self-expression we mm-hmm. had. Was Because we're like, all right, I'm too big to fit in everything else, but. For the most part, and some guys do have much bigger feet, but like mm-hmm. I was always, I was a th- like, I'm like a 13 and a half, mm-hmm. but I'll cram, I cram into a 13 every time because 13 is the last shoe that is sold in a normal store. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the only, the only place I could go into any shoe store and they won't have all, everything won't be in a 13, but they'll always have something that I can wear. So I feel like that's, that's changing because now guys, can go into bigger like to a regular store yeah they can be comfortable exactly um do you think young guys will ever get into the catalog thing or is you guys gonna shift more yeah i think digital is the way of the future and not just in big and tall but in any company so i think we'll still put out the catalogs because we do have that customer but we'll attract a new audience digitally and through social media totally How's, how's has it been since you're building king sizes social media from the ground up how's that been <laughs> i mean i'm on month one so we'll see but it's I been some, a good month <laughs> yeah i think so i mean i launched um Ovan and mvp so that was really great and we gained a whole new audience from that and now we're doing our levi's campaign and we have some exciting things in store which i'm not gonna say you'll have to stay tuned but. exactly so where can they follow you guys on social media at king size direct and that's across all platforms great so that's that's always the hardest thing yep. and not only that they can follow you at proverbial hearts they can everybody yep. chelsea this was so much fun thank yes, you yes thank, thank you. you for being thank with you for us having today. Me. no of course it was super interesting i love getting the other side of things because i only i only ever see one side of this industry <laughs> so it's so, it's so much fun to know that we're all on the same page yeah for sure and i think the end goal is the same no exactly. matter what side you're on perfect chelsea thank you so much we're gonna talk thank to you later you. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please follow Chelsea on all of the social medias. Please follow us on social media at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O, at Facebook.com slash BigThingsPod, at BigThingsPod.com. Email us at Josh at BigThingsPod.com and Zach at BigThingsPod.com. Thank you, everybody, and until next week, remember to go out in the world and do big things.